It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, we'll shift from cricket to soccer football. International window at the moment in world football. There's still plenty of news going around. Scotty McDonald, former Socceroo and current coach of the Gold Coast Knights, is on the line right now to chat the global game. G'day, Scotty. Good afternoon, Julian. Thank you for your time. Let's start with the Socceroos, shall we? 7-0 over Bangladesh. No big surprises given the disparity in, in the respective world rankings. Uh, can you take much out of that performance from what you saw? Oh, look, nothing but positive, uh, you know, sort of vibes from it. Um, you know, obviously they did what was, you know, on the tin, basically, what was expected of them. That's all you can ask at this stage, obviously, the qualification pro, uh, you know, uh, progress. So they've got Palestine, obviously, midweek as well. Uh, being away from home, that'll be a tougher ask. Um, but one, obviously, that we should be more than capable and comfortable of doing so and uh, putting ourselves in a, in a nice, comfortable position within the first sort of stages of this World Cup qualifying uh, progress. But, you know, the team's just going along just nicely at the moment. There's a lot of positives, you know, for Graham Arnold and the, the national team right now and, and in terms of the, the youth and talent that's coming through also. Mm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Happy too for, for Jamie McLaren and Mitch Duke. You know, it, people are saying that, you know, really good generation talent coming through. Do we have, you know, the, the next crop of really top-notch strikers? And, and they had to bury their chances. They did. I, I'm surprised that Harry Suter's strike rate, actually, for the Socceroos is, is very, very good too. But you mentioned the, the youth. You know, it's the old adage, isn't it, Scotty? The mix of youth and experience. Cassini Yengi, was great to see him debut. I mean, Connor Metcalf, this kid, you know, his, his stocks are going up and up. And then, you know, the 21-year-old left-back, Geordie Boss. I mean, Lewis Miller, excellent down the flank as well. There's a lot to like about them. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of energy, uh, you know, about the team itself and how, you know, Graham Arnold wants to play um, his football, you know, a high-pressing game, high-tempo. Um, you know, even the likes of Aidan O'Neill, you know, missing out in that starting, you know, 11 berth at the moment. It shows you there's there's a bit of, you know, depth within the squad all of a sudden um, from the despair of, you know, almost not qualifying for the last World Cup and where Graham Arnold's took the team and where his stature has gone from then. It's a complete turnaround. It's been amazing to see. Um, yes, obviously, there's a lot of work and expectation now to be done. Asia Cup comes up in January, so everyone will be fully expecting a really strong campaign, if not to win that. Uh, and then, obviously, you've got to qualify once again uh, mm. for the World Cup. But we're in we're, we're in a good position right now, and uh, I guess you're only as good as your last game, and, and we're pretty happy with, obviously, that 7-0 performance. But a lot of work to be done, and, and a lot of questions still needs to be answered when the big games come around, because, yes, we had a great World Cup campaign, but overall, when you play in this Asian uh, Asia Cup, you're going to dominate the games. You're going to actually have to deliver performances, not mm. be behind the opposition and have to sort of just play behind the ball and try and catch them on a counter. You're actually going to have to come out and actually play and dominate the game. So it's how they do that in Asia Cup and, and if they can perform well and obviously get the results that are needed. Yeah, all eyes on the 2026 World Cup. I guess a good thing now with the expanded World Cup, it makes the qualification process a little bit easier because, you know, which... Probably stop the heart murmurs from us Aussie fans, you know, the heartbreak we've had over the years. And, you know, I don't want to keep coming down to penalty shootouts. 
No, no, indeed not. But, um, you know, we've had some great records with them, haven't we? So yeah. uh, they're not all too bad. It'd be worse if you're English and you've seen a penalty shootout, let's be honest. So, <laughs> um, I thought these were a little bit better in front of goal when it comes to penalty shootouts. But, yes, you're right. You want an easier qualification process. But, you know, to do five World Cups in a row and hopefully a, a sixth one, you know, we're, we're doing not too bad as a smaller nation. But, again, we're seeing our talent now go off to European shores again, which I felt was... So, sort of something that's been lacking in the last decade, albeit we moved our qualification process to Asia, which meant there was a lot more doors that opened up in Asia and a lot mm. more money for the younger players, which you can't blame them for going to. But those doors are now slowly closing and now we're seeing actually more of our younger talent now taking the opportunity to go back to Europe and obviously progress and improve as players. And I think from a development standpoint, uh, that holds us in good stead as a national team. Yeah, I want to talk about development. Of course, the big news, uh, signing news of the A-League or transfer news is Nestor Irakunda to Bayern Munich. And, you know, it's interesting. We're wondering, you know, sign for the big club. What does that mean for him? You know, is he going to spend time? Are they going to loan him out somewhere else? And is he going to spend time on the bench? We, we've sort of seen the, the flattening of the trajectory of Garen Quall, which I suppose is the danger. But, you know, from all reports, from what they're saying on socials and the rest, that they, they plan to integrate him straight into that top team there. Yeah, well, I think you've got to sort of bring him in and actually see what he's capable of doing uh, within that environment, first and foremost. And then, if it is Thomas Tuchel, who obviously still has the reins at Bayern Munich, then he'll decide from there what he really wants to do with, with, with Nesteroy. But I think the difference already between him and Qual uh, is that he's actually taken a little bit more time. They've not jumped too soon here with regards to he's actually now going to be playing, you know, from the starting eleven. Uh, week to week for Adelaide United, whereas Qual didn't do that for Central Coast Mariners. He jumped ship quick. He went to Newcastle. Then he got shipped out straight away. So it's been a, a real learning curve and a, and, a, and a tough period for him. But I think Nesteroy's sort of pathway is a little bit different, and I think he's doing it in the right way, and uh, he's learning a lot from obviously now staying this extra year in the, the A-League, I feel. And he'll be a lot more equipped and, and better off to go into you know, that Bayern Munich setup. Uh, you know, Azani's another prime example who didn't mm. do that, but of staying a little bit longer in the A-League and, and performing and, and playing men's football. So I think this is going to be great uh, for him, great footing before he goes over there. But if it doesn't all work out, then I probably would see him, you know, getting loaned out, hopefully to another Bundesliga club to give him that level of experience. And we want him playing at the, the highest level possible for him. Indeed. You hear this term pathways a lot. A lot of chat around a, a national second tier. I'd love to get your perspective, Scotty, too, as a, the coach of the Gold Coast side. You know, is it the missing link at the moment in Australian football? You know, would would having that sort of, I guess, that bridge between the A-League and a state-based kind of NPL system, would, would that sort of set up a, a more concrete framework within Australian football to, to help provide sort of more pathways for up-and-coming talent? Well, I certainly don't think it's going to hurt the game, you know, if it was to come along. Um, the realities of it, there's just so much uh, in conjunction with it that it, it's so hard to tell if it can really get off the ground or not, Julian. That's the biggest problem financially. Mm. There is a big ask, you know, asking you know, for, I think it's $500,000 per team up front that, that's non-refundable to really put yourself in the position to go and do it. I guess it gets the, the, the real sort of uh, bidders to, to the sort of pretenders, I guess. But um, with that, there's a lot of worry and conjecture that, you know, what happens if it all falls down and you're one of the ones that have paid that money and not enough have actually gone into it. So that's the first stumbling block. Then the second one is, how does it become full-time professional league? Where is the finances coming from? 
Uh, where's the TV revenue? Where's your marketing? There's, there's just so much to really be answered before you can get it up and running. And that's why I, we keep seeing these delays. Um, but, you know, obviously the A-League at the moment, I think there's agreements within that process that we won't be able to see the pyramid sort of, you know, go from, you know, promotion relegation for, you know, till, you know, the 2030s. So I think real, realistic this, you know, sort of B-League has to look at itself and become the top of a pyramid that can obviously shoot down the MPL system. And if somewhat, if that was to happen, I think that would be a success case in the short term. And then obviously in the long term, you would like to see everything connected, but yeah, there's there's just so much uh, you know to be answered to it. Um, realistically, that I think that's why we pulled out as a football club as well because it, there's just too much to answer and, and and not enough people answering those questions uh, you know quickly enough for for everyone to move on at the moment. But we just have to get our stall right in the development process anyway for our younger players and make sure the pathway's better. The the A League's doing a better job now in terms of their youth systems. Again, I'd still like a lot more money pumped into that and from the mm. FA and, and building another AIS development. But that's that's for another discussion on another day, Julian. I'm glad you mentioned You know, I remember years ago chatting to to Ernie Merrick and he said to me, you know, that the, the shutting down the AIS development was, was a huge impediment to development of talent in our game, you know. Look, there's no panacea, is there, Scotty? There's so much conflict too within football circles. I've never known a sporting code in this country to eat their own as much as, as, as soccer football does, you know. it's uh, Sometimes I think people need yeah. to get out of their own way. How are you finding the coaching game, by the way? Aspirations to, to do it, I guess, more seriously? Yeah, absolutely, of course. I think this is, you know, this is a grounding for me. I've, I've done it now for a couple of years. I've, I've, you know, just almost completed my UEFA Pro Licence as well with the Scottish FA been going back and forth since obviously uh, everything opened back up since COVID. So, yeah, look, uh, obviously I have ambitions to, you know, to move forward in that. Uh, no rush either. I think still learning, still young. Uh, but obviously, yeah, if the, the opportunity was to arise, I'd certainly, you know, want to look at it and, and, and take that up. Everyone wants to, you know, be in the professional game as much as possible when you've been in it before. And, yeah, I'm no different, I guess, in, in that sense. And, um, yeah, just fully enjoying it and, and loving what I'm doing and, uh, learning a lot along the way at, at this mm. moment in time. I mean, there's so much coaching talent in this country too. And, and the thing about it is you, everyone talks about the success of Ange with, with Celtic and now with, with, with Spurs and the first Australian to coach in the Premier League. And and it shows how much, I guess, intellectual we heft we have in the game in this country. You know, people got to sort of overcome this stigma that, oh, you're from Australia, you're not a first world footballing nation, therefore you don't know much about the game, which is nonsense because you had generations that have played in, in the top tiers in Europe. And, you know, Kevin Muscat's doing great stuff. I mean, you know, Ufuk Talley taking over the reins at Sydney FC, highly regarded. You know, Popper's doing good things. There's a lot of coaching talent in this country or from this yeah, country. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely is. And, you know, uh, look, no different. We're, we're all students of the game, and, uh, mm. you know, desperate to learn and, and want to achieve, and I think what this country allows you to do, uh, particularly since my experience of the A League, is is to develop your your style and, and what you what you believe in uh, a lot more. And I think there is less pressure because there is no promotion relegation, um, so you get a lot more time to to work on things and develop things under a little bit less pressure than what you would probably see in in other nations and, and particularly in European football where. You don't win a couple of games, you're all your necks on the chopping board already. I think you get a little bit more time over here, and I think it helps coaches develop a little bit better as well. 
And then when they get this opportunity to go further, I think then really holds them in good stead to understand what they like, what they don't like, and how to get the best out of their players and, and develop a style and a system that they want to. And look, Ange's 56, 57 now, so it didn't yeah. happen overnight for him either. And um, people seem to have forgotten when he went to Europe that he already had 25 years of experience mm. you know, at coaching at a high level. So um, it takes time to develop your, obviously, how good you, you can be. And, and he's you know proof in the pudding of that. Uh, just one more thing on the coaching before we let you go, Scotty. This idea of, a, I guess, a, a national or Australian style of play. You know, they talk about, oh, what's in the Australian DNA? You know, a certain style of play that you implement at the top tier. So the Socceroos or Matildas who have played that style of play. And then, is it then incumbent upon implementing similar systems down the level so when the players progress, they know what sort of role they play if they go into the national setup? Oh, look, I think things can change that quickly, you know, from one coach to the other. I think, you know, having an identity and, and certainly how you want your players to develop and what they look like as the profile of the player, I think, is important. I think, you know, in terms of tactically, you know, from one manager to the next, they can change very, very quickly, can't they? So mm. you need to be adaptable in that from you know, when Graham Arnold sort of is now in charge to maybe a, a foreign coach coming in, it could be completely different again, couldn't it? So... I think uh, when you're younger, being adaptable to different systems and, and shapes is fine. But in terms of the DNA of what we are and who we are, I think certainly you know Graham Arnold's got us back to that, most certainly and, and mostly in recent years from when we probably went away from it from a, a Dutch philosophy where you know there's there's a part of us in our DNA of you know being the underdog and believing in ourselves and having that grit and you know that physical element about our game, which I think brought us a lot of heavy interest within particularly British football when most of our players have had majority of their success in that league and I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that yes there is more boys going into those European leagues I think that's from a visa perspective as well but uh, it's just great to see boys going back to Europe now and, and developing further and I think then we're always going to develop better players when they do play in European competitions indeed Scotty McDonald uh, greatly appreciate you giving up some of your time this Sunday thank you so much pleasure there he is, Scotty McDonald, uh, former Socceroo, now coach of the Gold Coast Knights. Yeah.